For episode 18, we're going to go to Philadelphia with Owen Tippett. Now, the reason I chose Owen Tippett is there's a couple of reasons. One, he fits the profile of the type of player that I'm wanting to profile here, but also he's well, the only player so far that changed teams in the middle of the year. So I thought it'd be interesting to take a look at three games that he played in Florida, compare those to the three games he played in Philadelphia, and just try to see what indicators we have that he potentially could be a guy that that breaks out. So that was that's the interesting part of him. So I did six games of Owen Tippett for that purpose because I wanted to really see what was what was going on there and where he might go. So uh, so that's where I'm going to start. Um, Owen Tippett is uh, is 23 years old. Uh, he's known for an a great shot. He can really shoot the puck. He also, on the surface, he appears to be a very good skater. And he's kind of your guy that can fool you a bit in terms of the context of a, what good skating is. Good skating becomes a too big a term when you talk about a guy like Owen Tippett because his, on the surface, he looks like a good skater. He has power. He his striding is very strong. Uh, he can cross his feet. He can accelerate. The problem is he doesn't like turning. A turning is a problem. He gets centered. His weight is in the back of his stance. Um, and then his front foot, as his weight shifts to the back of his stance, his front foot pushes forward, so he loses his positive shin angle. And so now his feet narrow. So if you could envision... He enters the turn. He's in a pretty good posture, so his weight is his weight. Uh, his feet are appropriate distance apart. He's going to go into his turn. As he turns, he shifts his weight to the back. As he shifts his weight to the back, you see him his his upper body come up, and you see his shin angle come up. So now his knee and his ankle. Is our his his knee is well behind his toes, so because his knee is well behind his toes, he's now totally in the back seat. What that does is that it narrows his stance, and he gets on a balance beam. So his front foot and his back foot are like in a line, and so when that happens, now his boot hits or he spins out, and it creates all kinds of problems. So with this. A change of posture in change of direction, it becomes problematic in a lot of different ways, and it really highlights itself in the NHL. What happens is he falls a lot, so he's always falling, and he also struggles with contact balance. So naturally, in contact, you're in turning, or you're in changes of direction, or you're you're you know you're in a spin type of thing. And he's easily knocked off balance. He's, I don't know how many times he was he fell in the six games, but it was an exorbitant number of times in which he fell. And a lot of times he also has poor body position prior to contact. He's also a guy who likes uh, to put his back to the defender, which is well, a little bit like unsophisticated in the sense of that's an unsophisticated expression of puck protection. It's great when you're young, but in the NHL, you want to have side puck protection more than back puck protection. So you want to be perpendicular to your check. 
and have the puck on the other side of your body, but that you are facing, you know, the most amount of ice or you're looking, you can look through the defender into the next area and then you could spin to the other side, but you don't want to give up your back for too long. He does. He often throws his back there and then he gets hit from behind and he knocks himself off. He gets knocked off balance relatively easy. So between the turning and the back, like using back puck protection, those are two immediate areas that he could he could dramatically improve uh, a lot of different aspects of his game with just those two things. Um, so, like I said, I, I have 20 clips at least on him turning and finding his way where he just, he literally falls on his own. Um, and it's a lot of it's because of his posture. The other thing he'll do is he'll cross his hands on the forehand when he turns, which then becomes even more problematic because that throws him on his heels even further. So the turning, and the turning never really got better as you wouldn't expect it to going from, you know, going from uh, the Florida situation into Philadelphia. It, it never corrected itself, nor will it. It takes a lot of time to sort that out. So that would definitely be something that would go on the list for him. Uh, the next thing is, which is I think this is more, probably more the interesting part about about watching Owen Tippett and the difference between being in Florida and then being in in uh, Philadelphia. So in Florida, his D zone touches were very average. He was basically fifty percent turnover to fifty percent plays. There wasn't he wasn't doing anything that made you think, oh, okay, well, wait a minute, he's there's something here. Uh, the, the odd time on a couple of his good ones, he would use a really nice seal puck protection and then a pop to the middle he did that a few times he used the weak side d once so you're like okay but there really wasn't because he's playing in florida and florida plays in the offensive zone a lot more you don't have a lot of defensive zone touches anyways because of the nature of the the type of team that you're on and the and the quality of the team so now you go to philadelphia they spend a lot more time in their own zone so his he ended up with like 24 plays in the defensive zone that were positive and five that were that were um, negative. And what was interesting was I felt he come right alive, but there's 29 opportunities in, in three games where there was only 12 in the three games when he was in Florida. In the, and again, I'm picking playoff games, um, playoff teams, sorry, uh, for him to, for me to review him in. So, it was rather interesting. So even in Philadelphia against playoff teams, he's got a large number of plays that he has available to him, and he is off the charts in terms of his effectiveness. I thought he was uh, borderline elite in the uh, in in the D D zone in terms of being able to make plays. What was interesting was his diversity of exit plays. So he's using his body to control. He's bumping to the middle. He can pay, make. He was skating the puck through trackers, like he stick handle and skate through trackers, evading uh, tracking pressure. He was able to use the weak side D effectively. He could skate the puck out if he had time. Um, he was uh, going back towards his own goal line and coming up, coming up the other side uh, and making plays. He was uh, he he could overlap to speed. In other words, he could get a puck. 
He could draw the, the uh, pinch. He could beat the pinch with a little board pass to overlap the speed. So the, the, the speed, whether it was the weak side forward coming across or the center, though I was able to pick that up with speed. Uh, with, and he had good weight on the puck. He could use the boards really effectively. Uh, I thought, again, I thought he was outstanding, and this is a, a major area of opportunity for him because he's so good here. And he shows so much, so much uh, potential because of his ability to create clean exits, passes to people on the exit that that we have possession on the exit. So that was very different from Florida, from the games in Florida to the games in Philadelphia. In Florida, it looked like he was trying to get the puck out, just get it out. But in Philadelphia, he's making plays. He's making plays, and he looks poised. He looks like he's got a a real sense about him of. of a feel for where the pressure is coming from. He had good hands. He could make long passes. He could make the short passes. He could pass through people. He could stick out through people. I mean, that's 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 pretty sick. He could do it going up the ice. He could do it going back towards his goal line. He could do it on the off wing side. He could do it on the strong side. I mean, there really wasn't much missing. He did a really nice job, and it was really cool to see. Now. The next thing that needs to happen is we need to leverage this poise in the D zone to create exit plays that he can join. So a lot of times he would make an exit play, but he was uh, he was either coming to a stop, he was moving the wrong direction, so opposite where the puck was going, and then the play would leave him behind, um, which... Normally, it's not a problem, but the problem is is that we need to get the puck back. So we need to be able to get the puck back, and we need to be able to play the game in sequence, and he's missing that piece, and that, to me, is a, a next step in, in his development. One of the other big challenges is, is trying to connect the D zone to the rush to the offensive zone, but his rush game is really problematic. He'll often just skate straight down the boards, uh, Without really looking to manipulate the forward, uh, the 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 defender, um, he doesn't do a heck of a lot to create space. He does make entry plays. He can make uh, passes on entries. He can pull up and and do those sorts of things. But between the neutrals, like once he's got entry, he's fine. It's getting the entry and putting the play in a position where it can be threatening. That whole concept. That's a big area of opportunity for him going forward. So if he if he could take what he did with the D zone and then start messing around with really trying to understand how to stack the the neutral zone and the end and create entries that are threatening, now he could have a real chance at getting pucks back in very dangerous areas. Uh, so I found again like his D zone play was really interesting and and I, it's something I, I actually on my own time want to go back and watch more of it because it was really cool some of the stuff that he was doing um, and it just and like I said the coolest part about it for me is the diversity of it all now one of the other things with him I, that I also think is interesting is he is he has a an issue with multiple possessions. So in understanding his personal game structure, he is he's a shooter. He has an ability to really shoot the puck. 
What's interesting is though he has he doesn't have the habitual mechanisms in order to be able to get pucks back in shooting positions. So one of the one of the hallmarks of elite shooters is that they skate through the seams a lot. So the seam meaning if you can picture the offensive zone, the dot between the dot and end zone dot and the and the edge of the, the inside edge of the top of the circle. You drew a line from the from the post, the, the, the post to the dot, and then the other post to the top through this edge of the circle. That is a seam. And you see a lot of uh, shooters, they are constantly going through those seams. They reload through those seams. They protect those seams. So in other words, they preserve that space. So rather than be in that space, they'll be outside the space. Then when it looks like they might be able to get a puck, they'll jump in that space to get it to shoot it. So the ability to really understand how to get the puck back is so important and right now he doesn't have any obvious mechanisms meaning habitual routes that he takes that allow him to be able to create consistency of getting those pucks and so that is a massive area of opportunity so i'll show you what i mean so he has um in he has 12 multiple possession sequences in six games which is in the six games i i, I studied which is which is low and then uh, he doesn't have the same urgency of keeping pucks in the zone. So he doesn't get a lot of like reload takeaways or pressures that the puck chips out and then we're going to get re-entries. Like he does not really contribute a lot consistently to, uh, to takeaways or change of possession once it's in the offensive zone. Um, seven of the 12, he uh, uh, seven of the 12... Uh, multiple possession sequences originated in the D zone and five in the offensive zone. But he, so we need more frequency of this event, having it happen more often, and then more shots generated from relocation play. So if you're a shooter, you need to get it in relocation. So you got to be able to get it, move it, relocate, get into your quote unquote seams or your those mechanisms that allow you to get the puck back in spots where your footwork is down. You know where you're going to shoot it. There's some automation to what you're doing in terms of when the, the, when the puck hits your stick, it's on and off, and you know where it's going. Uh, there just isn't any of that. And he only had three of 12 where he had a shot in the multiple possessions, and one of three was on the second touch. So one out of 12 times he was able to get the puck on a second touch. That's a massive, massive area of opportunity. And, and, and the, it, it, it really highlights, again, how difficult it is to score in the NHL. Here's a guy who has a shot that has a quality of which he can beat a goalie clean from 25-plus feet. Like, he has that ability. The shot is good enough to do that. But the longer the puck is on your stick the harder that is because the more clean the goalie is going to get in terms of squaring up to the puck. So longer you're on, the longer the puck's on your stick, the more it favors the goalie. So that's why the relocation situation is so important to be able to get pucks off the pass. But in order to get pucks off the pass, 
you have to move purposefully. And not only have to move purposefully, you're probably going to have to make a play that starts the whole sequence to get peop other people in position where they can extend possessions to give you the time to relocate so you get can get the puck back. There's a lot to it. That's why it's so difficult. So if you take a player like this, at the lower levels of hockey, like even into the American League, you can do a lot more consistently off of a first touch. So he can get a puck on a first touch, say, on an exit. He gets the puck, maybe a cross-ice pass. He gets it. It's one-on-one -on -one with the defender. He can skate the puck between the neutral zone, get into the offensive zone, either get a half step on the defender and shoot it or shoot it through the defender, and that's going to be a dangerous play. You can get that done. In the NHL, it's way harder to do that. The, the number of chances you need to be able to get in order to be able to score a reasonable number of goals is just too much. It's too much to ask. Or if you're in the offensive zone and you get a first touch, uh, the first touch is probably going to be a loose puck on the back wall. So now if you can't make a play to problem solve that loose puck against pressure that will allow you then to be able to get the puck into somebody else's hands where they have time, space, and opportunity for them to attack, then that offers you an opportunity for you to reload and relocate into better positions. If you aren't able to do that, you're just not going to be able to generate as as frequently. It's just harder to do. And the n amount of chances you need to be able to get in order for that math to even be a factor is just too much to ask. So that's why being able to do more off these multiple touches are important. But his problem is rerouting. So first, again, in the offensive zone, he's quick with the puck. So no, no extended possessions. But then you watch him in the D zone. This is a very much like Dylan Dubé situation. Dylan Dubé, extremely good in, his, in the D zone, has very good play through the neutral zone, but in the offensive zone, he doesn't extend possessions or, or, or improve, improve possessions. We have a situation now where we have a guy who's an elite shooter in Tippett, but doesn't have relocation routes, so he doesn't get pucks off the pass in the offensive zone at a frequency that would suggest that he's about ready to break out. And... Uh, neutral zone play to generate quality entries is low, but his D zone play is through the roof. So he's got these like there's pieces that are that you can build, but they're all disconnected. None of it really fits together. So this is where it's a massive area of opportunity for him to really leverage. And again, the skills. If you watch him in the D zone, the number of times he get a puck where the puck is a slow roller up the wall. He's getting going to get some checking pressure from the top. He uses his body perpendicularly with the defenseman. So in other words, he goes shoulder. Uh, his shoulder is up the ice. He protects the puck on the opposite side of his body, and he makes a 10-foot pass to speed coming through the middle of the ice. The number of times he does that in the D zone is a, is a lot. And it's a really good, but never uses that same movement in the offensive zone on loose pucks or something. Then... If he gets a puck and it's loose in the offensive zone, the number of times he's going to put it back on the wall like in a cycle or just throw it up the top where the guy on the top has, is outside the dots, that's it's too much. A, a defenseman getting a puck outside the dots consistently and not having an opportunity to be able to really legitimately move 
is very difficult for them to contribute unless they get the puck and they're able to zip it to their partner who's now inside the dots that continues the possession and changes sides. Unless that's possible, it's really a tough play for that D to, to do anything that's going to help you get the puck back. So this these, to me, are massive areas of opportunity. So between the skating, which is obviously number one, and the contact balance, which is also really important because the number of times he falls is way too high. So we got to get that sorted out. Now you take a look at this D zone, you're like, man, that's a massive asset. His shooting ability to shoot is an asset. Now we just got to be able to figure out the neutral zone and you got to get the offensive zone where the routes make sense. He He's able to get a puck, ex- get a loose puck, extend the possession, Make a play to somebody who's in, who's got a little bit of time and space. So he improves the possession. Now he relocates, puts himself in a position where a shot can become a factor. That should be, in my mind, mindset. And it's not like that. He does land at the net in Florida. He was hanging around the net looking for loose pucks, tips, rebounds, etc. Which is fine. You need diversity of scoring. Uh, but to me, that's after. So if my the sequence I foresee is he... He makes a play in the D zone that allows us, that allows the group to come out. They're able to move through the neutral zone with speed. They gain an entry. They're able to make maybe a play that leads to a dangerous shot off the entry, or they're able to uh, delay or change sides with the puck. Tippett lands at the net. He lands at the net. He's looking for anything that's loose. He preserves the space on the back wall. The next puck coming is probably going to be like a shot or a loose puck that ends up in the corner. He chases the puck in the corner. He wins that puck. Now, when he wins it, he extends the possession by getting body position, surrounding the puck, uh, protecting it, uh, put positioning himself where he can extend the possession. He can move and extend the possession so that allows his support to be able to organize. Now he moves the puck to his support. The support is now organized, so now he can relocate. He's improved the possession. The puck carrier now has an opportunity to be dangerous or at least move into space. He relocates into a seam or into a place that makes sense to get the puck back offensively. Now he's in a position he either gets that puck and he shoots it or he uses that position as a place in which he can then track the puck to keep the play in the offensive zone so that he could then get it on another possession. So that he extends the amount of time that he's in the offensive zone through that through the ability to get that puck back or keep it in the offensive zone and then now that resets the clock and allows him to then to, to get another puck. And then he lands at the net again and restarts the sequence. That is the that's what I mean about a personal game structure. He's looking to try to find a way to leverage being at the net, being in the corner, and then being in a seam that makes sense to shoot and, and interchange be- smoothly between all three of those positions with good timing. That's missing right now. He's And it starts with two things. One, a mindset that that's what he wants to do. That's clear because he doesn't have any obvious routes that he ha- that go on frequently. And the best, the best players are easy to spot what their habits are because they continue to do it over and over and over again. The the player that is not that doesn't have the same effectiveness has the lowest amount of uh, has a much lower uh, number of instances that are the same. They are much more random. 
The other habit that he has that's really precluding is he has a really bad habit of turning his back on the puck. So let's say, for example, a puck goes uh, to, to, his, to his defenseman and he's, his job is to go and forecheck. And his defenseman moves the puck to his partner. Well, Tippett will see the play go, as the play is going to his partner. Instead of turning and going with the puck, and now coming up the middle of the ice to cut the ice in half, he turns to the boards. So the puck went, say, to the left, and he's going to the right. The number of times he does that is also precluding because then there's plays where he allows that to happen. So the puck moves from one side to the other, like from one place to the next. He turns opposite, and now he's trying to come back around and get pressure on the puck. Well, it's too late. You've turned the wrong way. You've given up so much space, it's unrealistic to be able to come over the top. So staying connected to the play defensively is a way in which he can get more puck possessions, which starts that whole sequence again. So um, I, I think that Tippett does have potential to break out and move to another level. But it's going to be determined upon his ability to also continue to evolve his defensive zone, which right now I think is really, really strong. Evolve that, but then connect that to the rush, and then connect that ultimately to the offensive zone. And and go through those that personal game structure I'm talking about, which he just does over and over and over again, creating the habits and that creating a habitual routes that makes sense to be able to get him in a spot where he can actually use one of his best assets, which is his shot. So I have a lot of hope for him, uh, but there's a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. This is stuff, if it was that easy, it would already be done. It's not. And what I fear with a player like Tippett is that he had so much success at lower levels by carrying the puck and shooting it that um, he might just go to the well and hope that it'll he'll be able to uh, he'll be able to find it and it's just very difficult to do that. Um, he's much more he'll be much better served to try to find his way through multiple puck possessions and as the flyers start to you know gain some momentum, their young players start to hit. He's in that mode now in in that range where he could join and become part of that core. If he's, if he's able to take his game to the next step.